Good evening, everyone. Sorry, guys. That, I know those, we need fresh air, but they're so bright. They, you can open those doors, but those are, are so bright. It's just affecting me. I need to see you guys. <laughs> not just the glory cloud. It's lovely to be here. It's going to be my uh, last preach of the year uh, in this congregation. So I'm trusting it will help you to not land, but take off a little bit further and go a little bit further. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, Exciting to be here. Uh, we've been going around to different congregations, uh, and we've been uh, just getting together with the Josh and Kids teams on the ground, uh, and then uh, I've been had the privilege of being able to share in different congregations. And this originally, Joey asked me to share something about the kids' ministry, what I see for the kids' ministry, and then I felt, man, if this is what I see for the kids' ministry, but I'm, it's what I see for us as a people. And I'm try- uh, I really hope that this stirs your faith, uh, having uh, been a very close friend of Will, and just uh, seeing what's happening, he- what he did in his life and accomplished his life, I don't know about you, but there's something of his, of his deposit in my life that wants me to run further, harder than ever before. And I'm, and I'm hoping that a little bit of what I share today will do that in your heart as well. Margot, I wanted you on the keyboard. <laughs> Thanks, is that right? <laughs> so I had to ask her. So, so you, lovely, thank you very much. I asked just to, because I, I, at times I want to just linger, maybe where God, maybe God wants to say something to us. And so I felt uh, to share this evening is what do you see? What do you see? You see, what I see will determine what I believe. What I believe will fashion what I value. And what I value is something that I'll give my life to. And I see the life of Will. I see what he did. I see the impact that he had. And I understand. I want to believe what he believes. I want to see what he saw. And the value that he lived and and in a, in a way, died doing, I want to give my life for that. And I'm trusting that all of us, there's something of a stirring of fresh faith uh, in our hearts. I'm going to set a timer now, because I can't say anything within half an hour, or then that should be fine. So I want to read from Ezekiel chapter 37 which is, uh, I believe, a, a beautiful picture of God dealing with people who are far away from Him. And it shows us a beautiful uh, vision of what God values, of what God prioritizes. And I, I'm hoping that this will give you a little bit today of, of what God values and that you will see what God sees You'd believe what God believes and then you'll begin to establish a set of values that will push you on and further on into the more that God has for us as a people together. Am I speaking right in the mic? Mike, can all hear me? I've got hearing aids. I'm not always sure if I'm speaking loud enough. Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 to 10. The Lord took hold of me. And I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. 
He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I'll put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. And I'll put my breath into you and you'll become and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. And the bones, each, uh, the bones of each body came together and attached themselves to complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. The skin formed to cover the bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into his dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies and they all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. What a... Incredible picture of redemption, of revival, of restoration. And I felt these six values, I don't know if I'm going to get through them, six things that I picked out of this story that God values that I want to give my life to. If God sees it as important, then I need to see it as important. But before I see what God sees, the first thing that I need to do is position myself in His presence. I need to position myself in His presence. It says there, the Lord took hold of me. The Lord took hold of me. Has the Lord taken hold of you? Has the Lord grabbed hold of your life and you're in His grip? <laughs> As we would say. We need to present, position ourselves for encounter. The Lord took hold of me and He carried me away. Not only do we need to prepare ourselves for His presence, but we need to position ourselves in His presence. We need to see Him before we see what He sees. Hello? We need to see Him before we see what he sees. That passage of scripture that was read from Colossians chapter 1, one of my favorite passages, Jesus is in all, over all, through all, everything. If Jesus is sovereign over all, then he is sufficient for all. If God is sovereign over all, then he's more than enough for you and for me, for this church and for everyone and for what God wants to do. He's more than enough. Amen? Amen is more than enough. And I need to see that. I need to get that place. And, and my heart positioned so much that there's nothing that I want to do without His presence. And it's in that place of His presence. 
His preeminence, His greatness becomes imminent in my life. That which is invisible becomes visible. That which is impossible becomes possible. Amen. That place where the omnipresence of God becomes the on-me-presence of God. That's what I'm longing for. And you? Are we, are we hungry? <laughs> are we hungry for God's presence? I want to say, I don't know why the Lord does to me sometimes some of the manifestations in me. I, I can't explain it. I don't run after manifestations. I run after God. But I want to say something and I, of His presence. But if there are no manifestations in your life, the presence of God maybe isn't as effective as it should be. And the greatest manifestation of the Lord, of His presence, is your obedience. I, <laughs> You're in my obedience. The Lord has dealt with my dignity. And he's used manifestation of time just to remind me that I've given myself to him. I don't know why, why that happens, but I don't run off the manifestations. I want to run hard off his presence. And you? Let's be those people because we won't see God's presence. We won't see what God has for us, what God wants to do, until we see what he sees. I'm going to land that at the end of my message, what I believe God sees. And so the priority, there's a priority. What God values is His presence. He's the one that said, uh, they gave the instructions about the ark, and He said, you follow the ark. Moses, Joshua, David, followers of the presence of God. We will never live in everything that God has for us without the presence of God. And so, Father, we want to be a people that are satisfied with nothing less than your presence. That we will follow hard after your presence, God. That we would not hold back. We'd not hold back. But we'd run hard after you, Lord. That we'd discover the, the, the sovereignty of our God, yet the sufficiency of God. That God, that in you, as we allow you to take hold of us as we are in your grip we would know that we're safe we'd know that you're one that can be trusted even those scriptures that we read tonight that you are safe that you, you, you've got it and you've got us I think um, you see the Lord took hold of Ezekiel and carried him Ezekiel had no idea where he was going to I remember two or three years ago at Elders Camp, Andrew said, I think it was just before he came to the camp, actually before we felt to come to PM Congregation, Andrew said, uh, they felt the Lord in his heart say, you need to say wherever, whenever, whatever God, I'm for you. But until we get to that place, until we get that place, we say, God, take hold of me. Take hold of me. Carry me. You carry me to where you want me to be. Wherever, whatever, however, my life's in your hands. Carry me. I'm safe. I'm safe. And I, for me, I'm, I'm, 
personally at this moment, uh, there's things that have happened around us, stuff started to stir in me with regard to faith and trusting God for more and what God has for Kim and myself in our ministry in Josh Jen and 412 and the nations. And I felt even I told, I think it's Kim, I think. Anyway, I felt that I'd lost a little bit of faith for the nations. I mean, I've always loved the nations, but I haven't, my passport is ready, but I don't know if I've trusted God always for the finances, just like, well, we don't have money to go. And that's, that's the reality of being vulnerable. But there's something stirring me, God. If that's where you want me to be. I know you're a supplier because you're holding me and you're carrying me. Has the Lord got hold of you? Is the Lord carrying you? Are you hungry for his presence? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Could stop there. <laughs> Could land there almost. Just, oh, God, it's all about you and your presence. Then he says, so yeah, he takes him to the valley of dry bones. And the second thing that the Lord shows him what he highly values, he wants to teach us about the preciousness of his people. There was a valley of dry bones. And it says they were scattered across the valley and they were very dry. These are probably, uh, Ezekiel was written in the time of the exile. And this was written at a time when Judah was exiled. I think to Babylonians, I think. And they were, they were exiled. And so that valley of bones that, that Ezekiel saw was either the people of God that had perished in the desert on their way to Babylon... Or probably more likely, it was, it was an army that had been destroyed in battle. And in those days, when an army beat, when there's a victory over, uh, over, another, over another army, they'd leave the bodies exposed to the sun so that the vultures would come and eat and the sun would dry them up. Because not only did they want to destroy them, but they wanted to pile on shame. On the army. It was a shameful thing not to be buried in those days. And God saw that. His people, His army, scattered. They say that a body, lose, when exposed to elements, lose within two weeks, loses every single bit of its DNA. I think that's what I read. I'm just looking at you. Every single bit of his DNA. There was nothing of who they were that was left excepting skulls and ribs and arms and bones lying across the valley. And God said, I am choosing. These are my precious people, broken. Broken in their rebellion. And I'm stepping in. They can do nothing for themselves. No life at all. Mercy. 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 It was a rebellious people. They've been taken into captivity or they've been defeated because of their sin and rebellion. But God saw them. He saw his people. And he said, I am going to begin a work of total 
restoration. I'm stepping in. And he took Ezekiel with him. He says, come on. We're going on a journey. We're going on a trip together. I want to show you my heart pumps for my people. My heart pumps for my people. How does your heart pump for God's people? I've been saved. I got saved in 1970. I think I've shared this before. But I can't remember a day. I think I shared it in, um, I think yeah, last week, in fact. I think I worked up more or less. I've been to three and a half thousand Sundays. Uh, no, more, because probably Sunday morning. Actually, three, I've been attending three and a half thousand more or less Sunday meetings on a Sunday, more or less, in my life. Sunday meetings. That's not prayer meetings and all those things. And I loved it. Committed to his people. God shows Ezekiel and he begins a process of restoration. I know that God sees the preciousness and value of his people. Number one, because he said, I made them. Father made. Father, I want you to remember this. The value that God sees in his people, you and me. I might have shared this before. If you have it, say it. Father made. You are made in God's image. You and I are made in God's image. I'm Father made and God doesn't make any junk. But unfortunately, in the same cases here, sin messed it up. And because God still values you, He sent Jesus. So Jesus paid. Father made. Jesus paid. The price for you and me to bring a people back to Himself. And then He said, There's a process which I'll touch on now that I want to take you through. And I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit stayed. Father made, Jesus paid, Holy Spirit stayed. He loves his people. He wants you to be this reflection of him which I touched just now. He loves his people. I want our children in children's church, I want every single person to love what God loves, what He's committed to, to value His people. His people. You and me. Look around. <laughs> look around. Look around. Hello. Look around at each other. Oh, awkward. <laughs> awkward. Man, God loves you. God made you. He finds value in you. And the beautiful thing is, God looks past the brokenness. He doesn't leave us unbroken. It doesn't leave us broken. But you'll see now. Just like with a prodigal son. He kissed and embraced the son before he was able to confess his sin and change his clothes. He loves us. He values us. Amen. He values you. Everyone. Loves you. Number three. The value says there. And he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones. This is what the sovereign Lord says. The power of the proclaimed word of God. So it begins with a heart for God's people. And then it's followed up by a proclaimed word, a prophetic message that's going to bring life. The word of God. Romans 1, 16 says, The gospel is the power of God for the salvation of anyone and everyone who can believe uh, from age of two, three up to on your die, some people have given their life to the Lord when they 90, whatever, on their deathbeds. 
across every generation, across every creed, color, race, the power of the gospel in itself, the spoken word has inherent power to transform lives. I love it. Amen. Amen. The, the power of the word, the gospel is the greatest news ever. We need to be speaking it. But if we're going to be speaking it, we need to get it into us. We need to get the word of God into us. The value of the power of the proclaimed word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing the very spirit and marrow of the bone. The, the word of God gets right in there and begins to transform us from the inside out. And our lives are founded and our change is founded on the Holy Spirit using the Word of God to begin to stir things within us and change us. One of my favorite scriptures I come when it comes to the Word of God is Isaiah 66. You can remember, if you can remember, verses 1 to 2. It says something like this. Believe me. Heaven is my, foot, heaven is my home, earth my footstool. In other words... I own everything. I'm in control of anything, everything. But this is the man that I look to. He who is humble in heart and contrite in spirit and trembles at my words. So many times we want to interpret the Bible as we want to interpret it, but instead we need the Bible to interpret us. We come to the, sometimes we come to the Bible, we, we read other people's revelation, and then we say, that's, that's it. But I think so. we need to say, God, I'm under your word. I tremble at your word. Your word is life. Your word is the authority. I come under, I choose to come under it. I choose your word to change and transform me. Amen. How's your devotions going? Hello. <laughs> How's your devotion going with the Lord? Is the, are you getting revelation? Fresh revelation daily, regularly? Sure, I'm reading verses and I'm seeing new things. One or two of these things you'll see every day something fresh comes out. And the Word of God needs to saturate us. So it's in our mouths, in our hands, in our feet. The Word of God. You are the light of the world that's the word of God burning in us as long as you I'm going on time and he takes us on to the fourth value that God sees you see God will not leave us in our brokenness he will not leave us where we're scattered without identity without a belonging with no home no people that's not who God is he steps his plan of redemption is always to redeem a people for himself, but a people that have come out of a place of brokenness, but in a place of wholeness. You'll see as I go through this, through this passage, our sin, our brokenness, our failings, and all these things explain the past, but they cannot define our future. You're my past. We've made mistakes. There's things we've made. But so often, the fear of things that have happened to our past might be relationships that we've had. I know 
that there's so a battle at times I have to fight is a fear of man, but it comes from the past because of my relationship with my dad at times. And that, that's just the reality of it. But I, I have to win that battle, and I trust I have. And there's a fresh fire in my bones. Fresh fire in my bones to be everything that God wants me to be. And I want you to be, be everything that God wants you to be. Because as a leader of a church and together, some of the elders and the team that's here, we want to present you faultless before the Father one day. And I'd be not right in saying we need to be people of the Word. We need to be people of the presence of God. We need to have a heart for God's people. And so there was a rattling noise. So it begins to shake. Kim had a prophetic word. Why don't you just come share that, babe, that you felt. Just share that same word, by the way. So I thought, you better share this now. Um, during the worship, I felt the Lord say that he does want to rattle some of our cages. And Sorry, Joey. Uh, not rattled like that, though. He does want to rattle some of our cages. And very often cages are rattled to wake us up, to draw our attention to something. And I feel the Lord is wanting to rattle cages and draw our attention to what He is doing now. One of the things I believe is He's breathing new life into His people. He's breathing new life and He's creating an awareness of the things that have kept you trapped. I feel like the Lord is wanting us to wake up, to become aware of what's happening, to gain life, and to see what's keeping you entrapped, shaking things off by rattling. Hello? (laughs) We're all trophies of God's grace and mercy. God uses your brokenness. God uses our failings, our past to qualify us, not disqualify us. Can I say that again? God uses our brokenness, our past, our failings, the the overcoming of areas of weakness in our life as part of our testimony. He doesn't want to restrict us. Everyone, come on. (laughs) Come on. He wants to use every single one of us in the mall. I love the stuff that we're going to other congregations. Some of us need to be getting our passports ready. Hello? Some of us need to trust God a little bit more. I do. And so I'm going to go through just the process very quickly because otherwise we're running out of time. So, there's a, so he, he shakes us. Before he shapes us, because it's something that God wants to use circumstance to build in a character within us. And then he prepares us for himself. The bones of each body came together. Every body, every skeleton, the individual skeletons became, in, do you understand what's happening? Every skeleton became a body. So he says, I want to give you an identity. I want you to belong. I want you to become everything else. And this is the starting of the process. Each person having a part to play. Each person, a person having a place in the body. And he says, and attach themselves as complete skeletons. They devoted themselves. Attached themselves. Devoted themselves. How's your devotion level? I trust it's going well. Devoted themselves. 
And then he puts muscles on them. He says, I want you to serve one another. Not only are we joined with sinews that gives us mobility. Not only are we joined. That we, I can't undo my forearm from my shoulder because I'm joined. We live committed, devoted to one another. What holds us together, what holds us together is love. Sacrificial laying our lives down for one another. And God says that's a part of the process I want you to learn. It means a whole complete skeleton has different parts it moves, fingers, everyone's a part. You know that? We are a body. And there's a head. And part of the process is the leaders that God gives us. And when God puts leaders over us, there's a willing submission, the authority that God has, has entrusted to them for us to submit, to obey, to make their work light, to make their load that much lighter. I wasn't here last week, but I think this last week, which was very difficult for Joey and Donna, I think from what I gather, from what I've heard, your load has been made lighter <laughs> because of the encouragements and what's happened. Well done. Well done. Joined together. Muscle. Check it out. Come on. Exercise it. Give it muscle to exercise, to move, to get on the move, to serve, to love. Amen. Put skin on them. He says, I want to give you an identity. I want people to know who you are. I want your light to shine. That lovely scripture I was reading about, um, the, the, they tested Jesus about the coin. Who's, is it right, lawful to give taxes? Is it right to give taxes to Caesar? Jesus says, whose image on it? They said, Caesar. He says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, to God what belongs to God. So whose image is stamped on your life? And if his image is on your life, what, is it, what does he belong? What, what do you give to him? Everything. That's the finance teaching, by the way. <laughs> everything. His image on us. He deserves everything. And then we have the fifth is the promise of the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on his disciples. Breathe into these dead bodies that may live again without the breath of the Holy Spirit. We can't do anything. His very life breathing in us. The very life of the Holy Spirit in and through us. The parakletos. The Holy Spirit, the Paracletus, which means the one who walks along, who guides, who guards, who loves. The one, let me see, I've written this down. (laughs) The convictor of sin and the victor over sin. The one who convicts us of sin and gives us victory over sin again and again. And again, beautiful. The Holy Spirit. Oh, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, just I 
wasn't asking for it, but man, I knew God was real. I knew God was real. He's a person. Without the Holy Spirit in me, I don't know. I would have been maybe a very good word person, but not a spirit junkie. <laughs> I love the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. And He gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Father values His very presence in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And He changes in us. And He changes things. And He transforms us from within. He uses the Word. And they mix. And He changes us to become that beautiful reflection of who He is. The Holy Spirit. The final thing is the... And this is where we're going to land and read one or two things. And just a challenge. Yep, yeah. Two minutes to go. <laughs> the priority of the purpose of God. So God takes a valley of bones and He puts it together. But He doesn't put it together just to stand and just have breath in them. He says, they all came to life and stood up on their feet. You're a light in the world. Put your light on a stand. Put a light, your light on a stand. There is no army without a graveyard. Every battle, I was in the army, not many of you might have gone to the army, I, was, I happened to be in the army, Russell and some of the older guys, who, went to the, who had to do conscription army? Put your hands up, there we go. You knew. I didn't, unfortunately, I was in a very blessed position, I have to go into active battle. But I'm telling you, every soldier had to know that there's a possibility he could die in the battlefield, so he had to die here before he died there. Hello? There can be no army without a graveyard. And our graveyard was with Jesus, buried with him. That's what baptism is all about. We died with him so we can rise to life. Ezekiel saw bones, the Lord saw battle. Ezekiel saw skeletons. God saw people. A people, his people. There's a, a quote from the book that, a book that I wrote, One Life to Live. Hasn't been published. <laughs> but this is the quote that I wrote. There is nothing like the local church when it's working right. It's beauty, indescribable, its power breathtaking, its potential unlimited. I believe that the local church is the hope of the world. I believe the core of my being that the local church, that local church leaders and its people have the potential to be the most influential force on planet earth. If they see it and get on with it, churches can become the redemptive centers that Jesus intended them to be. 
dynamic teaching, creative worship, deep community, effective evangelism, and joyful service will combine to renew the hearts and minds of seekers and believers alike, strengthen families, transform communities, and change the world. What do you see? I see an army ready to take more ground. I see the DNA of warriors positioned and prepared to take on the strongholds. Passion is a choice, not a personality type. Hello? I'm passionate, but I'm not passionate because I was my personality. <laughs> but I am out, quite outgoing at times. <laughs> I see an army ready to impact and take ground in the nations. I see Josh Jen Sunningdale PM as a base model church, ready to show the world that God really is what He is, that His beautiful bride can really look beautiful and be prepared for Him, that this community is the hope of the world. We have a message. I see Cape Town, a valley of dry bones. What do you see? I close with this, with the scripture, Isaiah 61. Let the Spirit take hold of you. Let God's presence carry you into what He has for us because there's a purpose, ground to be taken. I know an army's got a hospital section, but we're not a hospital. We're an army. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. An opening of prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they... Those who have been healed, those who have been broken, those who have failed, those who, those who are far away from God, that they could be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for His glory, for His glory. I got this t-shirt for a reason. I bought it this week. I know it's a tiger, but hopefully it's a lion in your eyes. Sorry, Joey. I didn't have one of a line, okay? Time for this line to roar. Time for you to roar. Time for you to stand up and take more ground to trust God for more. There are nations for you. There's people in there, your neighbors ready for you. Man, the God of mercy sees dry bones. What? can't he do with the people that are willing to be held by God and carried by God to speak the word and bring life to the dry bones making that which is impossible possible because of God